morning, all of you. I should say Magandang Umaga and Maligayang Pasco. And Lechon, Crispy Pata. <laughs> we have a church uh, in the Philippines in a place called Kalokan City. And uh, for those who are going to the Philippines can go and visit our church, wonderful church there. And so our Filipino group is a very lively, wonderful group. So for those Filipinos here, here for the first time, we welcome you. Also welcome anyone here for the first time. Can you wave your hand if you are here for the first time? Wow. We want to make a special mention and welcome uh, to Blair Barker, our counselor. Is he still around here? He's gone, just gone, okay. <laughs> but uh, very warm welcome to our very good friends, Katie and Grace. Can you stand? We want to honor you. Thank you for coming. They've been great supporters of our ministry and church, and we love them dearly. Thank you for coming. This morning, uh, we are going to have a very short message, and um, let me give you the first slide. The title of my message is, when God visited earth, all right? And that's when Christmas is, when God visited earth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that even as I share your word today, that you will speak to us. That today, this Christmas will be a very special Christmas for us. Because your word was de deposited in our hearts. And our hearts have made room for you today. That our hearts have not been crowded out by all the celebrations and all the festivities, but there's room there for you today. So we welcome you here in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So the story, I've been told of a story of uh, an American businessman, his first trip to China, and he is hosted by the Chinese colleagues and business people in this restaurant. And there they are, you know, in, the chi in China, the custom is to toast constantly with some uh, wine. And then um, they, they, all they say is like, you know, in Malaysia, we have yam sing and all that. But in China, they say, can't pay, can't pay. And after a while, this uh, American businessman got a bit irritated. And he stood up and he says, that's enough. I know you can't pay, but I'll pay today. You know, the, uh, it's a bit like God looking down on earth. And he can see that you all can't pay for your sins. You can't pay for all the horrors on earth done to one another. The horrific things, the murder, the genocides, the hunger, the, you know, there's, there's no need for hunger on this earth. There's more than enough. It's just the selfishness of man who would not distribute. I mean, I, we've just come back from Kenya, and Kenya is such a poor country, as I've said on Sunday, two days ago. And um, they have 1.5 million street children sleeping on the roads. And... Uh, 40% of the population are unemployed. But, you know, there's the rich 10% or so of uh, 
politicians and generals and, and business people who are controlling the economy when they could actually be a great help to their nation. But because of the corruption of the land, uh, it is what it is in many parts of the world. And so God looks down and sees that we can't pay for the sins committed on this earth. And that's why he sent Jesus to come and pay for our sins. How many of you have watched this movie called Crazy Rich Asians? Can I have a show of hands? Oh, if you haven't watched, you'll miss something. Right? But um, we're going to watch it later as well. But there's a scene, there's a scene of uh, Michelle Yeoh, I think she's called Mrs. Young in that uh, movie. She comes into this Mayfair Hotel in London. It's actually the E&O Hotel in Penang. <laughs> and she comes in and the, uh, uh, the, the, the manager who's there looks at her and, and with racist eyes say, oh, you know, we've got no room for you. But she says, no, I have already booked the suite, the presidential suite in this hotel. And then he says, no, 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 there's no room for you. Get away, go, go, go out, and, and so on. And then, just as he was chasing them out, the owner of the hotel comes out and, and says, Mrs. Young, how are you, and all that. And, and then he looks at the manager. The manager says, there's no room for them. But uh, the, the owner of the hotel who is aging says, you know, I need to retire. I've just sold the hotel to this lady. They are the new owners of this hotel. And, uh, and so the face of the, <laughs> the manager turns white, you know. He knows his days are numbered <laughs> in the hotel. And, you know, it's just a, a great picture of how when God came to the earth, he's the owner of this world. Yet when he came, the people didn't recognize him. They rejected him just like the manager rejected uh, Mrs. Young, the, the new owner. Uh, Singaporeans they were, rich <laughs> Singaporeans, have come to buy over the London Hotel. And uh, apparently this is not just in the movies. In reality, <laughs> there is truth to that. Singaporeans and many Chinese have bought over the hotels in, in London. So today our message is based here on, on Luke chapter 19, not recognizing uh, the coming of our Lord Jesus, not recognizing the things that bring peace, because God himself through Jesus came to the earth to bring peace on earth. That's why uh, in Christmas we, we say peace to all men, goodwill to all men. In Luke 19 verse 41 to 44, I'll read this passage. It's a bit of a somber uh, passage to read for Christmas. But it really is an important passage for us because uh, it it's, it's posturing us to open our hearts for Jesus so that there is space in our lives for the arrival of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in our lives. So in Luke 19, it says, for, verse 41, And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, 
if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. And the thing that would bring you peace would, was, of course, Jesus himself. But he wept over Jerusalem because he could see that in Jerusalem, in many years down the road, it would be overtaken by the Romans, and the Romans would totally uh, devastate and destroy Jerusalem. But Jesus was the answer. He could have saved Israel from this devastation. But unfortunately, the Jews didn't see that. And for days will come upon you, he says, when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. And if you were to visit Israel right now, you will see remains of those stones that were overturned from the temple and the temple mount. And the reason why this, this was a prophecy that was fulfilled, not one stone was left on top of the other. Do you know why? I mean, it's an audacious prophecy to give, to say not one stone. What if there was one stone left unturned? And the, re, the, the way God arranged it was that, you know, when they made the temple, the buildings, they overlaid it with gold. And so when the Romans came and ravaged uh, um, Jerusalem and, and ransacked Jerusalem and destroyed Jerusalem, they burned the whole place. And when the, uh, the gold was being melted by the immense fire that was in Jerusalem, and a lot of the gold seeped in between the stones of the temple buildings and the buildings there because it was all overlaid with gold. And because gold had crept and into between the stones after the fire, the Romans and the locals went and overturned every single stone to get the gold from the ruins. So it's incredible how God uh, could arrange it, or, or not arrange it, could, could foresee that and see that uh, this prophecy would be fulfilled. That's why going to Israel is such an eye-opener to see, see God at work even in that country right now. But here, Jesus was telling them that they were, would be devastated. Their judgment will come upon them because they did not know the time of Jesus' visitation. They did not know the time of Christmas. And unfortunately, because of that, uh, that whole country was destroyed when they could have been saved if they had embraced Jesus. So we are going to look today, um, not four, but three of the, there, there are actually four people there, but I'll focus on three. Three people who miss Christmas, who miss God's visitation to their midst. And, you know, we read the story uh, of these people who miss Jesus, miss Christmas, and we can actually apply that to our own lives as we shall see as we move along. 
first of all, we see the innkeeper. He's the manager, as it were, of this inn. Just like uh, the story I told you of the Mayfair Hotel, the manager didn't recognize the king of kings, the owner of the whole world. And, but he came in a form that was not recognizable because he came in a form, actually he was not born yet, but he came disguised, as it were, in the form of Joseph and Mary coming, uh, being, being pregnant. And Mary was about to give birth. It was nine months. Uh, she was nine months pregnant. And she was probably in labor pain, waiting, just about to give birth. And this innkeeper, this manager of this hotel, I don't know whether it was five-star or, or three-star in there, but uh, he was so heartless. I mean, he could have even given the laundry room or some place for, for her to uh, deliver the baby, but he turned her out. And we're going to see here how he had no room for Jesus in Luke 2 verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in, actually it was a cave-like place, all right? A dirty uh, stable, but in those days the stables were, were caves. They used caves for stables. And it was full of animals and poo and <laughs> it's smelly, it's, it's not nice. Uh, not like the kind of stable that you, you see in, you know, um, in a nativity set. But um, because there was no room for them in the inn. It's just a short statement. No room for them because uh, the innkeeper was uh, heartless. And, you know, the innkeeper missed the greatest opportunity in history. If only he had recognized who it was that he was turning away, wow, he could advertise if he had entertained Jesus, the birth of Jesus in his uh, hotel, forevermore his hotel would be famous. And, uh, the, you know, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, um, God himself was birthed in this very hotel. And the reason why he did that was probably because he lacked compassion. And for many of us, we miss God because we lack compassion in our hearts. And we lack discernment, not understanding what God is doing on the earth. And, you know, today we have no excuse because in some ways judgment is coming to the earth. The Bible says that the end of the earth will come uh, with fire and, and the world will be destroyed and God will create a new heaven and the earth. Just like the Jews, Jesus warned of the judgment to come. God, Jesus is, is telling us that judgment will come, but he has, he is the Prince of Peace. He will make a way of escape for us. And, he, and, and this innkeeper, he lacked, not only lacked discernment, he probably was not willing to be inconvenienced. Imagine having the, uh, a mother coming to give birth in uh, his uh, nice hotel, all polished and clean. You know, you know, she'll probably mess up the hotel. There'll, there'll be blood everywhere. There'll be cloths. And, you know, it's messy to have somebody giving birth in the hotel. This is not a hospital, but a hotel. 
And so he's probably thinking that way, not willing to be inconvenienced. He probably was very busy because it was a time of the census. And so indeed, probably all the rooms were taken, so he was very busy. And there was no room for Jesus. But like I said, if he was compassionate enough, he would have given his office even, probably, for Mary to give birth uh, to Jesus in that inn. And you notice that his name is not even mentioned at all in the Bible. He's just called innkeeper. <laughs> He's a nobody. But I believe if he had entertained Jesus, if he had made room for Jesus, his name, maybe called Roger Siao, maybe, you know, would have, been, would have been mentioned in the Bible forevermore. Eternally, he would have been uh, named and he would be renowned forever. And he, more importantly, his name will be in heaven, etched in the uh, halls of heaven. But no, he missed Christmas. He missed Jesus because he had no room for Jesus. The second person that we want to look at is a person called King Herod. He is a king from the manager of a hotel to the king. Here we see in the passage, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Some people think that the wise men were Chinese. Alan says, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, because they had a lot of money. <laughs> and gold, frankincense. Because it says they came from the east. And because they took uh, nearly two years to get to Jesus. I'll explain why two years. So those scenes of wise men coming to Jesus as a baby with shepherds and all that. That's unbiblical, by the way, because uh, when the wise man actually came to Jesus, he was about two years. And Herod was so jealous and so threatened by uh, the, the birth of a future king that he had all the babies two years and under slaughtered in Bethlehem. That's terrible. I mean, just as you have a great event of the coming of baby Jesus, the King of Kings, God himself coming to the earth. There is Satan working over time in trying to kill Jesus and not just kill Jesus, killing hundreds of babies in Bethlehem. What a horrible scene that, that must have been. There was, it's like a genocide. And so here he was saying, where is he who is being born king of the Jews. For <coughs> we have seen his star. This is the wise man asking. Another name for that is Magi. And uh, some people think that they were magicians, so they were actually astrologers. All right, sorry, astronomers. All right, and astrologers. They were looking at the star, looking for signs of. Uh, of divine signs in, in heaven. And they saw this unusual star. And they began to set out following this star. And so they took two years to come to Jesus. That's a long, long time. 
And of course, those days they came by camel, not jumbo jet, you know. And uh, so, uh, so some people say because of that, it's very likely they came from China. <laughs> because Chinese, those days, they were stargazers. And they were looking out. And for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Wow, you know, when they mentioned this to King Herod, <laughs> it really startled him. He, they, he, he really was really upset and threatened by that. Because don't forget, King Herod knows the Bible as well. And in the Old Testament, it has been prophesied that the king would be born, a savior would be born and probably to dethrone him. And so he was threatened. When King Herod, Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And I tell you, he was really troubled, probably had insomnia after that. And all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people, these are the people who know the Bible very well. And so, you know, he consulted them. He inquired of them where the Christ, meaning the Savior, was to be born, the Savior of the world. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets. See, his uh, own priests and scribes even knew where the place would be. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are you not the least? Are not the least among the rulers of Judah? For out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, see, he knew what time the star appeared. That was like nearly two years ago. So for that star to be in the sky for nearly two years, it's, it's a miracle. It's really a sign and a wonder. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Was he lying or not? You know, Deep in his heart, there was evil brewing in his heart. That the moment... He could find that baby, he would slaughter that baby. But you know, King Herod was too proud and lazy <laughs> to even go with the wise man. He could easily have done that and say, hey, you know, let, let me come with you. I'll bring my gold as well and I'll bring lots of money to worship this king. But he was too proud and too lazy to do that. And so, of course, God warned the wise man not to go back to the same place after they had found Jesus, but to go take another route. And so they, they, they fooled Herod. And so he was so angry that they didn't come back with the report of where the baby was. And uh, so he began to send his soldiers to kill all the babies two years and under. So Herod, the second person who had no room for Jesus in his heart because he was insecure, he felt threatened. His position was more important than his soul. Jesus says, what does it profit a man if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? See, our soul is more important to God than anything else in this world. It's so important 
that he would come personally in human form to save us because he knew that we can't pay, all right? We can't pay at all, not even a, a single cent for our sins. And that's why he had to come. He valued his status above truth. He didn't really, you know, truth to him didn't matter. He didn't search out the scripture to see what the truth is. If It's not that Herod didn't believe. For him to slaughter all these children and to find out where the Savior would be born and to see the, the wise men coming, he believed. And you know, the Bible says that the devil even believes and trembles, right? But is the devil going to heaven? No. <laughs> he believes. The devil believes. So believing itself is not good enough. You may believe, if I tell you that behind this wall, there is a million dollars on the table. See, you all don't believe. That's why you're still sitting on your chair. But if you truly believe, you'll take action, correct? So here we have a whole room of unbelievers because you don't believe I have a million dollars behind this wall. And so it was the same with Herod. He believed, but he didn't take action to follow Jesus. He valued his status above truth. He was proud not willing to inquire, to humble himself, to really inquire and to see, is this Jesus truly God? You know, I've, I've been a Buddhist before, a Taoist and so on, and I've, I've looked at many religions, and, and many religions, it's a lot of it is based on legends and so on, but we have here a God who is embedded, who, who's uh, uh, involved history, and, and it's historical. It, this is not legend. This is true facts. This is not some fairy tales that people made up. And, and God um, comes in, in real life. He, he associates, he identifies himself with us. So we see the next category, the third category um, of people who had no room for Jesus who missed Christmas, who missed the visitation of God when He came to earth. And these were the religious leaders. <laughs> of all people, you would expect to uh, not miss God Himself, the religious leaders. These are the last people that you would expect to miss God Himself. These are the pastors and the bishops, so to speak, of the land. But why did they miss Jesus? They were hardened by unbelief. By the way, the religious leaders were, uh, there were three categories of them. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes. And one group is called the Sadducees. You can see why they were sad, you see, you know. And so they were hardened by unbelief. They were legalistic, religious, but they had no genuine heart for God. They had no relationship with God. And you know, in Mark 7, 11, um, Jesus uh, scolds the religious leaders, the Pharisees, of saying that, hey, you believe the Scriptures, but you, 
you actually circumvent the scriptures by saying you don't need to honor your parents. See, who says that, the, that Christianity doesn't teach us to honor our parents? That's total lie. Here Jesus was scolding the Pharisees for saying that you don't need to honor your parents. All you need to do is give some money <laughs> to our church. Give some money and you don't need to honor your parents. That's against scripture. And, and that's why Jesus attacked them. He, you know, wasn't popular among the religious leaders. Je Jesus wasn't a religious person. That's why for people to say Christianity is a religion, it's wrong. This is not a religion. This is a way of life. This is a relationship with God. And Jesus knows how to honor his, his parents. These were people who had double standards, who were hypocritical, who would say one thing and do another thing. And because of that, they were there with Herod, but they knew about the, uh, the wise men who came. They knew about the star and all that. They searched the scripture, but yet they missed Jesus. Finally, we see in contrast to these three people who missed Jesus, we see the wise men, the furthest away, <laughs> like they say, so near yet so far. But here are people who came seeking for Jesus for nearly two years. Isn't it ironic that we have people who are so far away from God, but yet so near to Jesus. And there are people who are so near to the truth, but yet would miss it. And we live here in the Western country, as you know. It's a post-Christian nation because there are many uh, Americans, Australians, uh, uh, Europeans, English, New Zealanders, Canadians who used to be very Christian. They believed in Jesus with all their hearts. They sent out missionaries. And that's why we had missionaries in Malaysia. We heard the gospel through many of these white missionaries. But if you look at these countries now, you will see that average Joe Smith on the road doesn't like Jesus, doesn't believe in Jesus. In fact, they use his name as a curse word now. And it's sad to see that people who have the gospel just so near to them, but yet we can be so far from God. So let's be careful and make sure that we have room this Christmas for Jesus Christ. Let us not be crowded out by the turkeys, by the lechon, by the celebrations, by all the lanterns and glitter and Santa Claus and all of that. I'm, I'm not against that. That's wonderful. It's great to celebrate Christmas. But the most important thing about Christmas is Jesus Christ. And that we indeed, this Christmas, we must not miss this Christmas. We must make room for Him in our hearts. Can we pray right now? I want to give this opportunity this Christmas for, for those who haven't had room in their hearts for Jesus to open their hearts 
and have room today on Christmas Day 2018 to let Jesus come into your life. Don't be like the innkeeper. Don't be like Herod the king who was so great and mighty, so powerful in those days. Don't be like the religious people even. And even there was a fourth category, the Romans, but let's not go into that. Don't be like these people who had no room, absolutely no room for Jesus. But today, open that door. Jesus says, I come to your heart, to your door and knock. If anybody listens and hears that knock and opens that door, I'll come in and sup with you and have supper with you and dine with you and get to know you and you get to know Him. I want to end with this short prayer. And if you would like to have Jesus come into your heart, just pray this prayer with me. Just raise up your hand and pray this prayer with me all over this place. Pray this. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus on Christmas Day to save me. Because I couldn't pay for my sins. He came, grew up, identified with us, and died on the cross for my sins. And on the third day, He rose from the dead. I invite you, Lord Jesus, into my inn, into my hotel, into my life. I would not reject you today. Come in. And be the Lord and Savior of my life. And I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful to you for coming in and brighten up my life. Lighten my entire life. So that I know where I'm heading beyond this life. Thank you for saving me from the judgment to come on this earth. We bless you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering and thank Him. Thank Him for saving us. Hallelujah. Over to you. One last song. Thank you.